power on. some call the best in fact i might have just been called that <laughs> from someone across the way in uh woo, you, you might have heard her there uh in the bdsm studio three uh of course ellen sovereign which she might be on the uh, next episode of sovereign tech we'll see how that goes but uh anyway got a little uh something fun here to do not just fun but something i wish i had years ago and I mean that years ago, I wish I had this. This is going to be another, we've, we've been doing a few of these lately and they've been very popular. People have really enjoyed them and I've gotten great feedback. Uh, we did, we did, well, it's a gaming grid special of sorts, uh, but we put it under the banner of Zomia one underground. And in fact, uh, after I had done the top eights for the Nintendo 3ds and the Nintendo DS, uh, even got feedback from great listeners saying, wow, now they're, you know, they're, they're basically tempted to get their hands, um, on a 3DS, uh, just to, you know, just to play super Mario 64 DS and, and so on. Um, so these have been very popular and, and I'm honored by that. And I'm glad that people enjoy it because, uh, as I often say, and I'm sure I've said in recent, uh, gaming grid specials as well, that personally I identify in this order. First and foremost, I am a gamer. Second, I am a historian. And third, I am a tech journalist, but it is in that order. You understand there are things that come after that, but the top three, it goes like that. So getting to talk video games with you and really being a person that very much waves the banner of retro gaming, you know, and, and of gaming that does not require an internet connection. And that is going to be very key to what we're going to talk about in this special. Um, you know, it's an honor that, that people want to hear about it and that they listen and, and that they're into it. So now as we are in August of 2020, uh, the announcement dropped a few days ago. And then as to when this gets released, 
there will be uh, it, it'll have gone live and you'll be able to, you will have been able to pre-order it, even though I imagine it's going to sell out very, very quickly uh, for pre-orders. Why a pre-order should sell out. I have no idea, <laughs> especially when it's not going to come out to like 2021. Um, but the analog pocket, which we had mentioned previously in uh, gaming grid specials that we had done uh, for Zomi one underground and this has, it, I mean, we have some details. We, we know what it's going to be about. We've got some pricing and all of this. I've got to tell you, after reading what it can do, while I'm in, very impressed, and this, this isn't what we're going to talk about, but it's, we're going to, you know, it, it fits in this vein. I will be doing a deeper review or, or overview, I should say, because I don't have one. Uh, no one's going to have one for a while but a deeper overview probably on an episode of sovereign tech during a gaming grid of the analog pocket. Um, the, so this is we, again, I don't need to go into major details with it, but bottom line being after reading what it can do, while there's some really cool shit, uh, like it has adapters where it can play Atari links, which I had that. I, I, I think that's fucking great uh, as well as Neo Geo pocket game gear and so on. I mean, the, all that's dynamite because it's main thing that it's trying to be is to emulate game or not emulate FPGA, uh, but to be, you know, a really high end game boy. And that's very much what it is. Um, I'm kind of shocked. It doesn't come with a game installed. It does come with nano loop, which lets you play uh, or, or create uh, chip tunes, right? Which there's actually chip tune music used throughout uh, sovereign tech. Some of it by an old friend of mine. Um, there's a lot, I mean, there's really impressive stuff you can do, including if you get the dock where you can hook up, you know, Bluetooth, uh, uh, controller, you know, controllers to it, and you can do up to four players connected to your television and so on. I mean, all that's really, really great, but I gotta, I gotta tell you mobile first and foremost is a very personal medium, right? As in generally with mobile, and this isn't always true, but generally with mobile, it's some, you know, it's between you yourself and the game machine. Um, and again, as I stated earlier, I'm not really one into any kind of online play, uh, at, at all. I, I could dig some land action, but you know that, well, that's going away. I mean, just look what happened with uh, final fantasy crystal chronicles remastered right for the switch. But anyway, um, you know, the, the, the dock feature of this, everything that it can do and all, frankly, since all told, to make all this happen. And I know it does a lot and I, and it's impressive as fuck. And if somebody offered me one, I wouldn't say no, but for $300 all told, right? Cause it's 200 for the system, a hundred for the doc. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think you're, you're much better off, you know, shelling out a hundred to 150 bucks for a PlayStation Vita, because I, I think what that can do is, far broader than what the pocket can do. Again, I'm amazed it didn't come with, uh, with any exclusive games, uh, even though like the exclusive game that came with, uh, analogs, um, what is it? The mega SG that is now, what is it? Ultra core that that's been released for other systems. Now it's not even exclusive to that. Uh, I, I love analog. I think they do great work. I am not knocking them for a second, but I do feel like, there are, it, it's getting to the point, I think, that there are systems and options that go above and beyond what analog brings to the table and are, are better bangs for the buck. How about that? Like, we already know that Terra Onion 
which are doing amazing work. <laughs> uh, Terra Onion is they already more or less let it, the cat out of the bag that they are going to be doing a SNES cartridge uh, that is FPGA based. And, you know, and once that happens and, and we know, you know, that especially like the work the Terra Onion does is that usually their cartridges can do more than just what they're supposed to do, right? Like the Mega SD, which does, you know, take a CD can also do, you know, master system and Genesis and so on. So it's a one-stop cart. The, th- the point I'm getting at is that when you have things like that, when it's done on the cart, that gets a little more interesting to me because then you could buy like Hyperkin systems where you can plug in that cartridge and you can get Hyperkin, like the Hyperkin Retron 5 or whatever, and it can emulate like five different fucking systems all in one. And it only costs like 50, 60 bucks. You kind of get what you pay for. Sure. It's not going to be beautiful brushed metal or anything, you know, like analog does. And I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm a little unimpressed at what analog put on offer with the pocket, with the analog pocket. And I was really excited for this, but frankly, I think, I mean, considering like with the PS Vita, the fact that you could play PlayStation games, whoo, we're going to be talking about that. Cause that's what this is all about. Uh, the fact that you can, I mean, you can emulate and I know emulation isn't perfect. I'm one of the biggest proponents of that. Okay. Um, not as perfect as what FPGA can do. Right. So, but I mean, there's just, there's so many more options with the Vita than, I mean, I'm sure you can do it. You'll be able to do a lot of it with the, um, you know, with the analog pocket, but I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't match up to what my really to my expectations. And, and I think the, I feel like the pricing structure is a, a little bit off. I know it's impressive hardware. I know the screen is advanced and gorgeous and blah, blah, blah. I, I totally understand. And I'm absolutely supportive of it. I'm just saying, if you want to do bang for your buck, I would go with a PS Vita, not with this, because I just think your, your options are significantly larger. And I mean, just consider, and this kind of somewhat speaks against what we're going to be talking about here. Cause we're, this is all about the PlayStation two. This is, this is info. I wish I had years ago. We're going to talk about it. the fact that you have a portable PlayStation with the PS Vita and you do, you can play PS one games, you know, just load the ROMs on there. And I mean, you know, you get your uh, SD to Vita, right. That, that allows you to use a massive micro SD card and whatever. And so you get out of Sony's proprietary shit. And the fact that you have a portable PlayStation one, um, I mean, you just, you've got access to one of the greatest libraries fucking ever, uh, and arguably a library far better than, well, dare I say, I, I mean, this is up to taste, but I would, I would almost argue that you're going to have a much better library with just the PlayStation one than half of what the, the analog pocket can do. And I mean, you could play GBA games and Game Boy games and everything else on, on the Vita. I, I, I just think it's a much brighter and much more uh, uh, cost-effective solution for portable gaming. And you just have a lot more options with that. Granted, we'll probably find out that the pocket can probably play PlayStation games or something as well. But with the control scheme, I don't know. Because, I mean, yes, it has shoulder buttons, but it doesn't have enough shoulder buttons. So anyway, there, there, there's my thoughts on that. I'm sure people have been dying to know, Stanley, what do you think about the analog pocket? Well, you got a quick 
uh, a quick thought on the matter. Again, I'm I'm fully supportive of this because it's keeping, you know, art, thus retro gaming alive. And, and I'm not going to knock that for a second. I'm just talking about bang for buck. Now, let's talk bang for buck. Um, and, you know, if you wanted to get into retro gaming, if you wanted to get into gaming that, say, wasn't so reliant upon the Internet, we're going to talk about what is probably, you know, the best possible buy that you can make uh, as far as that goes, because it's going to give you access to a library like you wouldn't fucking believe. Let's talk about none other than the PlayStation 2. Give a little history on the PlayStation 2. I'm not going to do any top eights here. I might give you some recommendations of what you can play or what you can't play uh, with the setup that we're going to be discussing here, but a little history about the PlayStation 2. Uh, for many people, this is considered and it's not the best selling console of all time, but dang near probably in the top three, just beneath the Wii and what will eventually be the switch. I'm sure initially launched in the year 2000, someone cue the music in the year 2000, right? Something like that in the year 2000, it was the dawn. Well, of course that was really in September 9th, 1999 when the dreamcast came out, but it was the dawn of the sixth generation of video game consoles. Uh, this was for me kind of the last great generation, right? Because when you get into the seventh generation, that's when I feel like a lot of the assholes came in, but that's another conversation for another time. Okay. And really, once you get into the seventh generation of consoles, that's really also when I think a lot of PC gaming, frankly, went downhill. For example, that's when suddenly, you know, if you bought a big box or a boxed copy of even a PC game, uh, come the seventh generation, which was around, you know, we're getting into like, like 2011 and so on, uh, 2010, 2011, when we get into the seventh generation, uh, at that point, basically, yeah, you'd get the discs, but the discs were meaningless because they just want you to input the steam code, create a steam account and download it from their servers which made, you know, buying PC games in stores meaningless. Uh, it's really when things went downhill. It's when online didn't just become a multiplayer affair. It's when it became a necessity for your video game experience. It's when everything went wrong. So in many ways, the sixth generation of video game consoles is really the pinnacle of what you could call retro gaming, or maybe even if you want to go that far of console gaming itself. And fortunately, especially with the PlayStation two, it was so white hot. It was so popular that you have an incredible gaming library or game library to, to access. Of course, not only that, but the PlayStation two can also play, uh, natively can play PlayStation one games that doubles your library. This, I, again, you, you are going to. <laughs> You could play just on what you could play on the PlayStation one and PlayStation two alone. You could probably play for the rest of your life. I mean, like, cause some of these games are into, you know, shy of 80 to hundred hours to, to beat to completion. It's incredible. Um, it's when a lot of like the modern gaming touches that people just expect now when they finally uh, were, you know, when they started to get implemented and experimented with and arguably would even get perfected to a degree 
Uh, all of that happened in the sixth generation. And as much as I love my GameCube, um, and there are certainly interesting arguments to make about an Xbox, an original Xbox, uh, the PlayStation 2 was the clear winner of the day for varying reasons. Of course, one of the reasons, and I've brought this up many times when I've talked about the PlayStation 2 in the past, is that it happens to also be a DVD player. That was in the year 2000, that was revolutionary, especially for the price tag at the time. Uh, to have, I mean, it just made sense for people. Ooh, I want to get in on this DVDs. Oh, and, and it's the latest video game console. Well, shit, where do I sign up? You know, how many zeros are behind that? I'm there. And it's the, the relationship between the PlayStation two and the DVD revolution. And it was a revolution. I did a whole climax during a sovereign tech episode about that, but I mean, just how important that was and how game changing it was. No pun intended. Um, it is, it, it's, it's synergistic like DVDs propped up the PlayStation two and the PlayStation two propped up DVDs. You know, it's not chicken and the egg, but I mean, there, there, there is a, there's a circular relationship there. Okay. So anyway, the PlayStation two would be popular and in production well into the, uh, you know, following generation of consoles, you know, into the seventh generation, basically there were still games getting made for the PlayStation two in 2013. That, I mean, that's, you know, again, the year 2000 to 2013, that's pretty much a 13 year official lifespan. That's remarkable. And one of the longest lifespans of a system, uh, in gaming history, that's really enough to tell you, uh, just how much there is to do and how important, uh, how seminal the PlayStation two was. And I would still argue is so the PlayStation two. Now you can get your hands on one of these people have tons of them used ones everywhere or whatever. Uh, you can get your hands on these for very, anywhere between 50 to a hundred dollars. Um, like many systems at the time that all relied upon optical drives, right? That, you know, CD, DVD, and so on. Um, these drives, these, you know, they go bad. That is a problem. Okay. But part of what we're going to talk about in this gaming grid special is actually how to resolve that. Um, you know, the problem with the optical disc, even though there's not a really, you know, I, I mentioned Terra onion earlier, right? So Terra onion recently came out with mode, which is a FPGA board that can work either in a Sega dreamcast or a Sega Saturn. And you can attach a hard drive to it and throw all of your disc images and ROMs, whatever onto that, you know, onto a hard drive, or actually it even works with the USB stick as well as um, uh, an SD card, micro SD card. You can put them all on that, connect, slap that inside, no soldering required, slap that inside your, uh, you know, your Dreamcast or your Sega Saturn. It ends up replacing your optical drive. Okay. But there you go. And, and, and you can play those games now. I mean, that's a great solution on a bunch of different levels. One of the ways that it's a great solution is that it creates a replaceable, an easily replaceable medium, the hard drive or the flash flash drive or card, you know, whatever. Uh, and you no longer have to worry about the pain in the ass. And let me assure you that it is the pain in the, cause I've done it, the pain in the ass of replacing the laser on the optical drive or, you know, replacing the optical drive for mechanical reasons or whatever else, uh, to, to get rid of that problem. 
I mean, that that is a huge boon. And I hope that sooner or later, Terra Onion turns their eye towards the PlayStation 2. Now, part of the reason I don't think that they're turning their eye towards the PlayStation 2 is that there is a really great solution already for either connecting a hard drive or playing burn discs, right? Copies that you make on the PlayStation 2. And it's called Free McBoot. Now, I've talked about Free McBoot in the past on Sovereign Tech as well as in Zomi 1 Underground Q&As and so on. But there are certain little tricks to this that I have been trying to figure out for a very, very long time. And I have finally figured them out. And that's what inspired me. No one asked me to do this episode. I'm doing it because I wanted this information. I would have loved to have had this information two, three years ago when I got back into, uh, you know, owning a PlayStation two and, well, there's, there's a bigger conversation to have around it, but in basically <laughs> cutting off my entertainment at around the year 2000 <laughs> and perpetually living in the nineties as it were. I mean, I have to admit, uh, I love the PlayStation library more than I love the PlayStation two library, even though they are both great. And one, you know, you could, you've, it's easy to argue uh, that they are of equal worth, you know, that, that, you know, one isn't necessarily better than the other, but there are a billion PlayStation one games that I would play long before uh, I would play certain PlayStation two games, but we're going to cover both of those. Why? Because the PlayStation two can do both. So why not? Right? So what we are covering here is, you know, buying a PlayStation two, that's your end. Take your pick eBay, Amazon, I don't know, whatever the fuck you, wherever you want to buy one. Okay or steal it from your cousin. I don't know <laughs> what's not nailed down is mine. What I can probably lose is also mine. Right now. <laughs> um, so get your hands on a PlayStation two. And then how can we get this PlayStation two to play burn copies of games? Where can I download those games from or ROMs, you know, as they're called or ISOs, but they don't all come as an actual ISO file, even though they are all disc images, right? Um, we're going to cover that. And that was one of the big challenges for me. Okay. We're going to, to deep dive more or less as much as we can in audio on all of how to do that, how to go about that. And we'll talk about some other options that are available as well. But bottom line being is that for a, for very low, uh, uh, cost, you can get, you can get access. If you're just, you know, COVID-19 is going on and man, you want to be playing some video games for less than $200, far less than $200, you, you can walk away from this special uh, with an incredible gaming library, incredible pieces of gaming history, and games that, in my opinion, still hold up and are superior to much of what comes out today. Uh, so let's dive into it a bit here. Now this all starts again, get your hands on, on the PS2. It really does to do what we're doing. We're going to be talking about free McBoot. Like I said, I've mentioned that before, but we're going to, I'm going to explain to you how to get your hands on this. And, and we're going to keep going from there. This is, I'm going to try and make this as complete as I can. It's kind of difficult to do over audio. It's better like on a YouTube video, but we'll talk about that as well, but let's get into it. So basically any, you, you have two types of the PlayStation two, right? You have the fat version and then you have the slim version. Um, 
either of those are going to do you fine. For FreeMic boot to work, and we'll talk about what that does. For FreeMic boot to work, you just want to make sure you don't have the latest PlayStation 2 Slim model, which not many people have them because at that time the, the system was on its way out. Uh, that has the latest, you don't want it to have the latest firmware version on it. Okay. Once it has the latest firmware version on it, it basically you're screwed. So you can get a slightly older uh, 9,000 model of the slim PlayStation two, or you can get the fat PlayStation two. In fact, with the fat PlayStation two, which meaning that it, it's chunkier, it's larger, right? Uh, it has the, instead of the top loader for the disc drive or for, for the, for the, the DVD, you know, disc drive, uh, it has a slide out and there are advantages to that as well, which we'll talk about, but get your hands on one of those. Okay. And then away we're going to go with this. So now free McBoot, you're going to need free McBoot to make this happen. There is a way to free McBoot. What it does is, is that it is custom firmware that gets installed onto a PS2 memory card. You do not want to use this memory card once you have free McBoot installed on it. You don't want to use it to save games because it effectively operates not unlike a, a giant swap file. And basically you're going to, you know, if you're going to constantly, I mean, there's just chances for data to get corrupted. If you are saving games onto your free McBoot loaded uh, memory card for the PS2 and it has, it can't be a PS1 memory card. It needs to be PS2. So you don't, you don't want to do that. I do not recommend buying. There's nothing wrong. Like, especially at the time, uh, in the early aughts. Okay. There was a massive third and there still kind of is, but there was a massive third party, uh, peripherals and accessories market like mad cats, Pelican, a whole slew of them. And, and a lot of those companies are still around, but at the time, because not everything was so fucking locked down by constantly updated firmware from, you know, from the internet, like since, you know, the seventh generation, since the Xbox 360 and PS3 and PS4 and so on. I mean, these companies would come out with, you know, controllers, memory cards, all this stuff. And a lot of them are okay. The controllers, that's a funny area. We're going to talk about that as well. Okay. Again, I want you walking away from this with as complete a package as possible. So, but if you get, you know, a, a, I mean, it's very hard for the PlayStation two. It's easy to get the system to get a first party controller, like a Sony, an official Sony PlayStation two controller, very difficult to get one. Usually you have to get a refurbished one. It's a very expensive proposition. Are they worth it? Yes, because they're the best controllers ever made for the system. There are alternatives that are pretty good and we're going to cover those. Um, but with the memory cards, I don't think it matters too much. However, something that has become popular are memory cards that, you know, use basically newer flash memory in them. And they'll say that they are memory cards that can hold 128 megs or something like that. As to where I think at the time, I remember some companies like mad cats would sell a 16 megabit, uh, megabyte, uh, PlayStation two memory card, but the average PlayStation two memory card was eight megabytes as compared to the one megabyte for the, uh, for the PlayStation one. Um, again, the memory cards, I think you can get away with it as long as they are using the traditional memory at the, of the time. And a lot of the third party memory cards that were made throughout the actual lifespan, the official lifespan of the PlayStation two, 
you can still get for a song and and they're they're very worthwhile they're very tough very sturdy i mean sony took these things pretty seriously um and you know some of the competitors in the third party uh space like mad cats and so on uh they were they were trying to really compete uh, I think, and they had less on the, or they had more on the line, I should say, than Sony did with a lot of this stuff. So, you know, they, they wanted to make a pretty good name for themselves. So there's nothing wrong with, with getting, you know, th- those kinds. And in fact, I mean, a lot of them still had to use uh, like magic gate technology, you know, the proprietary stuff for the PlayStation two, like Nyko, uh, you know, and so on. So you, it's okay. If you get a third party memory card, just don't get don't get fooled into buying these 128 megabyte PlayStation two memory cards Buy a bunch of like eight megabyte memory cards. If you're really you know, going to play that much and you're going to save that many games, which you might, I mean, I, I have multiple memory cards for that very reason. Okay. But keep it official, keep it something that, and, and if you can buy, you know, stuff that, that was made at the time, I think that's a much, much better bet, but ultimately so really all I'm talking about there is I'm raising two points. One is that don't worry about getting an official Sony memory card. That that's not important, but you want to stay away again from the modern shit as much as you can. Uh, and those are great for saving games for, cause again, the PlayStation two doesn't have a built-in hard drive. Yes. They made a hard drive for it. You know, with so common, that, that, that's a whole other ball game that we're, we'll, we'll talk. We might talk about that a little bit later. Um, but you can use, you know, get one to get a memory card to save your games on. And then you don't even have to, here's the thing. Cause you're probably asking me, wait a minute, how the fuck do I connect? Because if you look at a PlayStation two memory card, you know, that's not a USB port <laughs> or, I mean, that's not a USB uh, dongle. Uh, how are you going to connect it to, to your computer? Don't bother. Go on eBay. Okay. Let someone else really do the work for you. Don't, and don't say, oh, what, but what about, is it going to be secure? What if they put some malware? No, 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 no. It's a PlayStation two. <laughs> okay. It doesn't have to connect to the internet. No one's going to bother to do this. Okay. Their free McBoot is still actively updated. In fact, I think it's up to version 1.66 now. And it, I mean, it's been in development since what? was it 2008? I think when that started anyway, just go on eBay and, 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 and this is, this is really key. Do not, do not search for modded PS2. You don't need a modded PS2. All you need is to buy the memory card and you can, but they're less than $10. You can buy a free McBoot memory card. Okay. Uh, you know, from, from a seller, on and, and look up the latest version and you can get the latest version Buy one with the latest version on it and a bunch of other software pre-installed. I mean, you can put a ton of emulators on with free McBoot, uh, on an eight megabyte card, by the way. Um, yeah, you buy, yeah, just, just buy, buy it preloaded, pre-installed. There's people who do their own little businesses out of this and it's wonderful off of somebody on eBay. You don't have to do the work yourself. Now, free McBoot is a soft mod which means you don't have to actually really do anything to the hardware. I mean, you kind of do, but not really. So you can buy a, a memory card with free McBoot pre pre-installed. You're going to want and want to buy a memory card to, you know, have your, your saved gains as well. Okay. Um, and you bought your PlayStation two already. All right. You're off to a great start. Now here's the rub for free McBoot to work. Okay. You need to have, 
your disk drive able to be opened, all right, without the system software recognizing that you opened it. Meaning, if you have, and this is easier with uh, what what sometimes gets called the Fat Boy uh, PlayStation Two, the larger one. If you have a slim PS2, you're going to have to trick the sensors around the optical drive. And this is very simple to do. You can do it with a straw and some tissue paper. Okay. Uh, you can look up about how to do this. Uh, I may link to it in the show notes, how to do it. All right. And there might be one where you have to crack open the actual case of the slim PS2. Uh, it depends upon the model that you get, which one you have to do that with. But anyway, you can crack this thing or, you know, you open that up and you might have to put again, a little bit of tissue paper just to trick the little sensor into thinking that the, the disc drive is closed. That's the idea. Now, if you have the larger PlayStation two, there's a little tool that you can use, which can pull out the sliding disc drive. And th then the, the PlayStation two doesn't really know any different. You just push it back in and you know, in a way it goes. Okay. We'll talk about why this is important a little bit later. Um, but the other thing you can do with the, with the larger PlayStation two is you can buy a custom case that has a flip top that replaces what's on it. And then, you know, you don't even have to have the tool to pull out the disc drive and you can just lift up the flip top and, you know, swap out discs. We'll talk about why you need to do that. Really, you only need to do it if you want to play PlayStation 1 games. If you just want to play PlayStation 2 games, uh, that that's not necessary. In fact, none of the keeping the optical drive open, none of that is necessary if you just want to play PlayStation 2. We'll talk about that. So once you have all this set up, then we get into actually using Freemic Boot. Okay. Now there's a lot of, as far as making burned copies of games that free McBoot can take advantage of, this is the information that frankly I needed that was not easy to find. And we're going to, we'll get in on that. Um, but this free McBoot will let you, it has a bunch of different softwares on there or software on there. You can install swap magic on there. And I mean, so many things that we could cover. I could spend two, three hours talking about everything you could do with it. Um, there are even ways to where you can, you can plug in into the USB ports on a PlayStation two, cause it does have them though. They are very slow. We'll talk about that where you could load games, either a, if you actually, if you have the modem for the PlayStation two, you could load games over your network, like over your local network, or you could, you could load games from, uh, from a hard drive that via USB. There are two reasons I don't do either. Now, while the, the LAN option is a solid option. Okay. Actually, let me talk about the, the, the hard drive option first. The USB slash hard drive option is a problem because for me personally, a lot of the games that I love, especially including, or, you know, including a lot of PlayStation one games. Um, I love full motion video games. You know, you think like G police wing commander. I mean, you can go down the list of them. The, the cutscenes, and this isn't just for full motion video. This is for, you know, any game that really has a cutscene. A lot of the cutscenes, which usually contribute to a lot of the load times within games, uh, will be very choppy when you play them over USB because it's USB one. It's very slow. 
So I consider that to be impractical if you want to appreciate everything that a game has to offer. And one of the impressive things that PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games had were the stories. It was not the era of multiplayer, which many times it feels like that's all that the modern consoles are for. Um, And so losing the ability to experience the story That's a no-go for me. So the hard drive option for the PlayStation 2 using free McBoot, not interested. Like that, that, that just, that doesn't do anything for me. The LAN option, while that doesn't run into the speed issue, okay, uh, that the USB option does. The LAN option where you could play it, you know, again, over your network. My problem with that is the whole part of the reason that I got it, that, you know, that I'm excited about retro gaming and that I'm so passionate about it. And part of the reason I got a PlayStation two is that I wanted a system that didn't have to connect to the internet. Now, granted when it's just, it's connecting over land, so it's not really connecting to the entire internet, but I don't want it on my network. I don't want it bothering with my network. I don't want it taking up any bandwidth. I don't want any of that horseshit. I want something that I plug into my television and it does the business. And that's all that it plugs into minus an outlet, of course. So doing it that way, you can look into how to make that happen with free McBoot if you're really interested, but it holds no appeal to me. And in fact, it takes away from the appeal of the PlayStation two. So what, what I want to do or what, and what, what I've been doing for a while now, is making back, you know, making uh well, what you would technically call a backup copy, but burning games, burning physical discs of the games and putting them in. Now, this has a potential flaw down the road itself, which is that again, these optical drives go bad over time. It's unavoidable. Okay. Uh, I mean, if your free McBoot memory card, you know, dies. It doesn't matter because you're not storing any real personal info. I mean, you can customize it to some degree, but you're not storing any info on that. Okay. So you just, you just replace the memory card. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and there's plenty out there to do so with. That's not really a problem. Um, I hope that someday uh, a company like Terra Onion finally says, okay, no, we're going to make something, you know, an FPGA board that will let you connect a hard drive in whatever fashion That'll be full speed and will replace your optical drive on the PlayStation two. That's the dream. That's what we want. Okay. But we're not there right now. So the, in my opinion, the most attractive option is doing, uh, you know, is, is having physical discs. Now you don't want to, this doesn't work for everything physical discs. Okay. For, you know, with, with emulating or not, it's not really emulation, right? With the PlayStation two, it's just, what it's designed to do physical discs. Um, you might ask, well, why don't I just buy the games outright? Part of the problem there is some of these games are incredibly rare. Some of these discs themselves have gone bad over time. That's another issue you run into, which is why it's also very important. I think for a company like Terra onion to eventually come out with some kind of real hard drive option that replaces the optical. But many of these games today for the PlayStation two or the PlayStation one, um, now, some of them cost in the hundreds of dollars, if you can even find them. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's an expensive proposition that you should not have to deal with. Uh, the fortunate thing is that there are plenty of sites still that, and and it would appear, unlike Nintendo, it would appear that Sony ultimately doesn't really care uh, about 
you know, like PlayStation two games being available, PlayStation one games being available. And part of the reason I don't think they care is that, you know, now over the PlayStation network, like on a PS4, you can actually uh, buy and download uh, a lot of, you know, PS one classic games or PlayStation two classic games. But there's plenty that I think will never, ever show up on the PlayStation Network for varying reasons around IP and, and you know, lack of interest, uh, even though, you know, they might still be amazing games uh, that that'll just never show up there. So there's still a great argument for owning a PlayStation 2 itself. So, again, you know, having physical discs, I think, is the most attractive option for, uh, you know, being having access to these games using your PlayStation 2 and doing so particularly with free McBoot. I'll put a lot of links in the show notes to cover a lot of this stuff that I talk about. Okay. But I'm going to give you the process of how to, of how to go about this. So to play, let's talk about the PlayStation 2 games first. Then we'll talk about PlayStation 1 games to play a PlayStation 2 game, a burned copy. Okay. On, and we'll talk about software here in a minute. To play a you know burned copy of a PlayStation 2 game on a free McBoot soft modded PlayStation 2. You've got to get your hands on the, you know, on the the, the disc image or the ROM. You know, we can use those terms interchangeably. Uh, you've got to get your hands on that. There are websites to do so. I'm gonna mention a couple to you. There's vim.net, V-I-M-M.net. Uh, that's one. And then there's cool ROM, which is cool ROM, ROM.com.au cool These two sites between the two of them, you'll find just about everything. There are other websites out there. Okay. That will, that'll give you access to the ISOs or the ROMs. And the reason that, that they still use the word ROM is that because of whether or not a game was on a CD or a DVD defines what type of disc image you're downloading. Okay. And that's, that's important info to get into. So you can download the games from there. I mean, for the PlayStation two specifically, I don't know. Uh, you want to unfortunately, whatever. I think a lot of people would want to do this. I don't know why, but you want to play grand theft auto San Andreas. Okay, fine. So you would go to cool ROM or Vim, which Vim Vim's layer is what it's called has been around fuck. I think it was a teenager when that started. (laughs) It's been around for a very long time and they just kind of keep moving, jumping URLs whenever they get caught. Uh, but anyway, so you will download the game. All right. And we'll talk again, we'll talk about software, but you're going to burn it, burn the image onto say a DVD and San Andreas would certainly be one that would be on a DVD. There are PlayStation two games. You got to understand with the PlayStation one, those are only CD based games. Okay. So you only need CD-ROMs and yes, you're going to have to buy, you know, blank discs, obviously the PlayStation two took advantage of uh, CD-ROM as well as DVD and dual layer DVDs as well. So single layer DVDs and dual layer DVDs. So you'll probably encounter over time, a need for a couple of those. You again, we're going to talk about this. You are never going to burn for free McBoot, you are never going to burn a CD based PlayStation two game, not PlayStation one, PlayStation two game onto a CD and have it work. It's not going to happen. That is the key info that I recently discovered how to really make happen. We'll talk about that. Okay. So, um, 
So you're going to need blank discs to make this happen. If you're looking to take advantage of PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, you're going to need to buy CDs and you're going to need to buy uh, blank DVDs. And as well, also you're going to have to buy a dual layer DVDs. Um, the best company for any of these is a company called verbatim. Okay. And they're one of the few companies that are still basically in this game. They also sell M discs and all this stuff. I don't think you need to burn PlayStation two games onto an M disc, but the option is, you know, certainly there if you really wanted to go that road. Uh, I mean, that just means your, your that disc is going to last far longer than the PlayStation two ever will <laughs> basically. Um, but anyway, so, You'll get your hands on those. Uh, you can get them at Newegg, Amazon. I'll put links in the show notes, perhaps to, you know, a good brand. Uh, and I mean, verbatim is still innovating in the space of blank optical media. Uh, for example, now they use Azo die, uh, or well, anyway, it has a longer name. I'll talk about that at some point, but you'll, you'll read on their labeling. It'll say Azo and then it'll say, you know, DVD minus R and you generally want to use minus R by the way, I'm not going to get into a huge conversation around plus R minus R. It's all ridiculous. Um, with DVD. Now I know I just said use DVD minus R. Okay. For burnable discs. If you're doing dual layer, you got to understand there's basically only DVD plus R DL is in plus R dual layers. Don't worry about that. The plus R dual layers are fine, but for the single layer games that you're going to burn, which is basically any game smaller than 4.7 gigabytes, because that's the max amount that a, a single layer DVD can hold. Any game smaller than that, um, or, you know, any game larger than that, you'll need a dual layer for, okay? Uh, but, you know, use the minus R for anything that needs a single layer DVD, use the plus R. You don't have even have an option for anything that requires dual layer. Just don't worry about that. CDs, you will only be using CDs for PlayStation 1 games. Make that very clear. Okay. So the, you'll download a game from, uh, you know, from Vims or from CoolROM. You'll have to, it'll probably be zipped, you know, and or RARD and you'll have to unzip it on RARD. You can use seven zip for that. I'm actually all the software that you need to do this. There is a link in the show notes and I am compiling all of it for you. The only thing I'm not putting in there is seven zip. I'll link to it, but you need seven zip because it's all going to be in a zip file. So to even get access to all the software, you're going to need seven zip installed in the first place. All right. So I'll just link to seven zip in the show notes and then you can, and I'll have the link for the package of the suite of software that you're going to need to make all of this really work. All right. So you've got your free McBoot pre-installed memory card. You've got your memory card to, to save games, right? Of course you do. And you should get one for the PlayStation one as well, because you can't save PlayStation one save games on a PlayStation two memory card. Got it. All right. So you've got that. You've got your, you have your PlayStation two, right? You've got uh, your setup. I'll link in the show notes to show you how to handle the sensors or whatever, but you've got your setup to make sure again, that's only has to do with the PlayStation two, PlayStation one games. If you need to do the play, if you're just playing PlayStation two, that's all you're interested in. You don't have to worry about the optical drive part, but Link is in the show notes on how to do that when, when we get to that. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. And now you have your burnable discs. I assume you have a DVD burner. Okay. And DVD burners will usually burn CDs as well. 
There's no blue. You don't need to worry about Blu-ray here or anything like that. None of that's going to happen. Um, okay. So why don't we start talking about the software of how to make this happen? And this is where things get very, very particular. All right. Now, if you download a game, like I said, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas or take your pick of the game, if you download one of those games, if it's just a single layer, uh, you know, it's it's 4.7 gigabytes or lower, but it's still more than 700 megabytes. OK. You don't there's a lot less process involved uh, to do this. And if this sounds confusing, it is OK. So you download the disk image or the ROM. Okay. Let's just call them ROMs. You download the ROM. When you unzip the ROM, it'll be one of a couple formats. It'll either be a dot ISO dot ISO, or it'll be two files, which will be a dot bin and a dot Q. It's, it's one game, but it'll show up as two files. If it is a dot bin and a dot Q, that means that it is, originally a CD based game, meaning that, you know, you're going, it would be, uh, when you bought it, it would be on a CD and not a DVD, right? That is a completely different process. We'll talk about that w when we get to it. Now, if it's just a dot ISO, okay, it's, and it's just a DVD, it doesn't need to be dual layer. It's, you know, under 4.7 gigabytes, but it's larger than 700 megs then you, all you have to do is there, there's this, it's called ESR. We'll talk about that. You're just going to patch it and then, and then you're going to burn it. And then away you go. Okay. Very, very simple process with that. Let's talk about if a game is a DVD based game for the PlayStation two, again, it's under 4.7 gigabytes, but more than 700 megs. Okay. If it's just that the one piece of software that you need is called ESR patcher. Now you could find this very easily and download it yourself. All of the software that we're talking about while free McBoot is still actively developed. A lot of this other software is not the software that is required to make burned copies or to make copies of PlayStation two games from disc images. Okay. From ROMs is long. I mean, no one's developing this shit anymore. It, it it's done. Okay. Keep that in mind. And there's a chance that some of this software might trip your say, you know, a virus scanner or anything like that. That's something to keep in mind. Uh, if you want to install this stuff safer and you're worried about that, do so. I, you know, I, I vetted this software that I've included in the zip package, which is linked in the show notes that I put together. Okay. For you. Um, I vetted it. But, you know, if you want to be more cautious, who am I? I mean, as I often say, only the paranoid survive. So do as thou wilt with that. Anyway, all you'll have to do, okay, if you have a single, again, a single layer DVD based PS2 game that is a dot ISO, all you have to do is run ESR patcher, okay? And you can have all this, how I recommend the, the zip package that you're going to download with all the software, put it on your C drive in like a folder named games and have all of it in one place. All right. Uh, I mean, some of the software will install like 
you know, traditional software does. Okay. And it'll, there's key gens involved and everything. I'm not going to talk about how to go over that, but a couple of pieces of software will install to where they're system wide and they, you know, they, they end up in the traditional program files, but some of this other stuff is basically portable. Um, ESR patcher is just one piece of software. So you're going to run ESR uh, patcher. Okay. And it's very simple. It's just ESR patcher pro.exe. Okay. And you're going to open that up and you'll end up with a very simple little window that, and it, it's automatically in single file mode. It does have a batch file mode, but I don't really use that because I mean, yeah, I burn a lot of games, but I basically go through the process to make sure I didn't miss anything. I do it one at a time. All right. Uh, there's three dots. I mean, it, like incredibly minimal interface with this. Okay. You've got the, the three dots on the side, the ellipses, you click on that. It opens up open image. It'll say, and then you're going to find the disk image that you unzipped the ISO that you, you know, that you unzipped and you'll click open. And then you'll see, it'll say uh, patch on the left. You're going to click the patch button. And then it'll also give you the ability to unpatch it, which is great. Meaning that once you burn this to disk, part, one of the other reasons that burning to physical disk is attractive to me is that all of these games aren't taking hard drive space anymore for me. And because if say I wanted to get them back to their original state to where they don't operate with ESR, because ESR is going to allow free McBoot to trick the PS2 into thinking it's an official copy, right? Or that it's an official version of the game. So if you wanted to get back to where, like, say, you know, Terra Onion does what they do in the future, right? And they, and they might come out with, um, you know, a hard drive option for the PlayStation 2 that replaces your optical drive. Okay. I know there's already hard drive options out there, but I'm talking about one that replaces your optical drive. Let's say they come out with that, but it doesn't function with ESR patched images, right? Or ESR patched ROMs. You can unpatch it with ESR patcher. So you're going to want to keep that. Now, something I neglected to mention here, let's mention this. Now you, all of this software runs on windows and it's basically non-existent on any other platform on any other operating system. You've got to do this on either a windows virtual machine or a windows machine. And it's older software it works fine in windows 10. Again, I've tested all of it. Okay. But that's, that's what you need, you know, to, to make all of this work. It's a conversation that we could have around that, why that is, but bottom line, again, none of this stuff is actively developed. I think most people have either left the PlayStation two behind, unfortunately, um, you know, now, especially now that on PlayStation network, you can get a lot of the, you know, PlayStation one classics and, you know, and PS two games and so on. Um, I think for a lot of people, they just, they don't bother anymore. It's unfortunate, but there it is. And so, you know, it runs on windows, it's older software, but you know, like shuttle Tidarian, the code still checks out. So anyway, um, ESR patcher, you run that, you patch the image and then you burn the image. You have to patch the image for ESR and then you can burn it onto your blank DVD. You put it into this used to operate differently with older versions of free McBoot, but as long as you're getting the latest version of free McBoot, basically you put it into your, again, you don't have to have the, the, you know, the top, um, like tricked into thinking that it's closed, you know, the disc drive into thinking that it's closed or anything. You put it into your PlayStation two power on the PlayStation two, 
Okay. It's probably going to automatically go to your browser, but then you're just going to hit circle the circle button to get out of the browser. And then you will end up in all the options of pre-installed software that came on the free McBoot memory card that you purchased on eBay. Right. And you'll see the option for ESR. You will scroll down to, or, you know, press down to ESR in the PlayStation two menu on the PlayStation two. And then you just press X boom ESR and loads up your screen. will turn it a bunch of very funny colors. There'll be like a cayenne, a pink and a bunch of other stuff. And then your game will start to load and operate just as it always would. If it was an official copy on a uh, not soft modded PS two, it's that simple. And that I know it all sounded kind of complex what I'm talking about, but not really. I'm it's only complex because I'm explaining so much of what's here uh, or of what, you know, you need at the get go, but away it goes just like that. Now, not every game admittedly works with ESR, not, and it's not a matter of if it's been Q or dual layer or anything like that it has nothing to do with that. There are just some, and I don't know what it is if it's because now, so there are times where ROMs that I've downloaded from cool ROM, when I burn them to disc, when I patch them with ESR and I burn them to disc, they don't work, but then I'll try re downloading the ROM from a different site, like say Vim's from Vim's layer. I will do that. And the, the image from Vim's will work. So sometimes you just end up getting a bad image, something to keep in mind with a lot of uh, ROMs for PlayStation one and PlayStation two is that they have different versions. Like there would be, because you couldn't just download a patch, right? Like you do today on a modern gaming console down the line, either as a greatest hits, you know, part of that line or whatever else they would come out with later revisions that would fix bugs in the game, but it would be a completely new copy of the game, right? You, again, you couldn't download a patch. So you want to keep an eye out. If you want to be, you know, really a completionist about it, you want to keep an eye out for when you're downloading these ROMs to get the latest version of the game, right? For example, Tomb Raider for PlayStation one, they ended up like, I think it went up to version 1.5 of that. So you want to get the latest version that again, that fixes a lot of bugs, right? That, that makes perfect sense. So those are things to look out for, but some games just won't fucking work. For example, Taito legends two, this is an excellent comp compilation of classic uh, Taito games. All right. You know, bubble bobble and all that other good stuff. No matter where I download it from, I can't get this image to work. Okay. ESR patches it successfully and it just won't work. So there are some games that you're still going to have to end up buying. Okay. Because for whatever reason, what's available online just doesn't, you know, either all everybody's image is bad or maybe ESR just doesn't happen to work on it. That's something to keep in mind. It is rare. And I have burned frankly, hundreds of games. <laughs> I mean, I want to say maybe 1% of games don't work after I go through all the processes that I'm telling you about. Okay. Now, if you do the LAN option, or if you do the USB uh, drive option on the PlayStation two, they may work fine. You know, maybe again, maybe it's something to do with ESR. I'm not hundred percent certain on that, but it is so rare. I'm, I'm really, frankly, I'm willing to buy the, you know, the oddball game 
that I just can't get to work through the processes that I do. Now, let's get into, okay, the single layer games, again, easy. Unzip them, run ESR patcher, patch them, burn them to a disc, pop them into your PlayStation 2, you know, and again, go to ESR in the menu and away you go. You're, I mean, it's couldn't, no, there, there is no modding of a system that could be any simpler than this. It's as simple as it fucking gets. It's great. All right. And frankly, with, you know, the games that we're talking about that to, to make a copy of them goes through the process I just described is about 80% of the PlayStation 2's library. It's the rarer games where things get very complicated. And I mean, they do get complicated. I have been trying off and on varying Google searches, searching all kinds of forums and everything for years to figure out how do I take a CD based game for the PlayStation two, not the PlayStation, not PlayStation one games, but PlayStation two games that were originally on CD. How do I get them to work on a free McBoot soft modded PlayStation two? This took forever. Finally, about two weeks ago, Okay. I found a YouTube video that, and it was from like 2017. I don't know why it never came up. I mean, you cannot imagine how much I searched for this. Finally, I found the answer. I will link to the YouTube video that explains this whole process of how it goes. Okay. Um, so that you can see it visually if that helps, but I'm also going to describe it to you here. Basically what you have to do is is you have to make the disc image, okay, of a CD-based PlayStation 2 game big enough to where it has to be on a DVD and recognized as a DVD. That way you can patch it with with the ESR software. That's what you have to do. It is not the most simplistic process by any means, okay? So again, all of the software I'm about to describe is available in the link in the show notes and I've compiled it all for you. Okay. So this whole process starts off with you will unzip a game and here's an example of a great game. Why it's very worthwhile to do this star Wars racer revenge. Okay. One of the best games for the PlayStation Two. one of the best star Wars games ever made flat out. You will download this game from, you know, whatever uh, ROM site you want to get it from. It will, when you unzip it, it will come out as a .bin and a .q file. Here's where this whole process starts. So again, you're going to, when you unzip the file that I, uh, that I've linked to and that I compiled for you, you'll have a bunch of different pieces of software in it and some you have to install. There's two pieces of software you're going to have to install. The rest just operates off the XC files and you can have it anywhere. Um, you will need to install software called ISO Buster, ISO Buster. And that has a key gen. You have to go through that process. And then the other thing you're going to install is image burn, IMG burn. This is a uh, uh, disk image software, burning software that has been around for a very long time. It has not been updated in like a decade. The last version to come out, as far as I know, is version 2.5.7. It's freeware. You don't, you don't have to, uh, you know, crack it or anything. 
I don't know why this, this, this software, why image burn, uh, works so well. And in fact, works where other image burning software, and I've tested a lot of them will make an image. will make it, or will make a physical copy of a PlayStation two or PlayStation one game that won't work in your soft modded PS2. I don't know what it is, what's special about image burn, but let me assure you it's what you want to use. Otherwise you're going to get a lot of uh, coasters. As we used to say, you're going to get a lot of discs that just don't fucking work in your PlayStation two, but ISO buster and particularly I have version 2.8 in the package that you can uh, install from the link in the show notes. ISO buster is what you, what this whole process starts off with. So you've unzipped your files. You have a dot bin, a doc, you let's say of star Wars race or revenge. You are going to open ISO buster after you've cracked it. Of course, we're not going to describe how to do that here. And you will go to file. You're going to go to open image file, and then you're going to find the dot Q, not the dot bin. You want the dot Q file. Okay. And you'll open it. And then it's going to show you a bunch of files in the, there's two windows in it. You'll see on the right hand side, uh, a bunch of files. Now you're going to highlight all of those and then you're just going to right click and it's going to give you an option at the top that says extract objects. Okay. Now you're going to want to create a separate folder for these extracted objects and just name it, whatever the name of the game is. All right. And once you have all of those files in that folder, then you're going to, so again, the, the process of what the software is doing here, don't ask me to explain that. <laughs> and, and it's unimportant. What really matters is that this shit amazingly works. Um, again, this is only if you are dealing with a CD based PS2 game. If it's a single layer, uh, DVD based, you know, it's, it's under four points or it's, you know, caps out at 4.7 gigs and is, you know, more than 700 megs. You don't have to go through this process anyway. So ISO buster. So we go through that, we extract the objects, we get it all into a folder. Then you're going to open another piece of software called DVD scan. And it's version 3.7 that I have included here. You're going to open that up and it's going to say, it's just a little window that's going to show up and it's going to give you options of what you want this, basically what you want these uh, files to ultimately end up on as far as an optical medium. And so it says it has three dots. So it'll say CD, DVD, or restore. And you want to select DVD because that's where we're going. Then you're just going to hit file open and you will, you know, you go to the folder where you put all of those extracted objects, all those extracted files from IsoBuster. You'll select all of those, you'll, and then you'll just hit open. It's going to ask you, DVD scan is going to ask you a bunch of questions like, do you want, do you want us to scan this? Do you want us to scan this? Do you have the options of yes or no? Just keep saying yes until you get to the end. It stops asking you those questions and it says scan complete. Okay. Once that's done, it's basically priming these files. Okay. For you know, for, for it to be, because again, initially it's CD. Now it's priming them to be ready to be put onto a DVD. Okay. Um, once that is done, then, and there's a format called UDF. That's really what it's about. Again, I'm, I'm not going to spend time, you know, detailing what exactly that is doing. Just, this is how you're going to make it work. Okay. So now that you have those run through DVD scan, 
this is where you need to open another piece of software. And this piece of software is called file creator. This is very handy. This is something you could do from the command line in windows, but file creator makes it easy. What you need to do is okay. So now you've primed all of the originally CD based files. You've primed them all to be put onto a DVD. Now you need to make the, basically the image or what's going to eventually be the disc image, right? The new ROM that you're creating, prepping it for DVD. You need to make it so that it is bigger than a CD forcing the burning software to burn it onto a DVD. You have to do this. Okay. Because otherwise uh, ESR is not going to recognize it as a, uh, you know, as a DVD and thus you can't use ESR to play uh, you know, the PlayStation two game. So you're going to want to make a file that is a gig in size. All right. And you're going to go through, you, you'll use file creator. I'm not going to describe what exactly how that looks like. Again, I put the, the YouTube video that explains how to do a lot of this. Um, that's linked to in the show notes and you can watch that, uh, to see how that goes. But anyway, you'll end up naming the file Z Z. This is really important. Okay. It, it's just a dummy file that takes, takes up space. That's all. And you can make one of them, make one, save it, and then just copy and paste it every time that you're going through the process of burning a CD based PS2 game onto a DVD, onto a single layer DVD. That way you don't have to keep, keep doing this process. You can just skip the file creator part because you already have the file and you just keep reusing it. Okay. Um, Name it Z.Z because it has to be recognized as the absolute last file. Again, it's just taking up space on the disk. That's that's key, right? So you'll do that. You'll copy that Z.Z dummy file, one, you know, one gigabyte dummy file into the folder that has all of the extracted uh, objects and DVD scan files. Okay. Then you're going to open up image burn. And when you open up image burn, it gives you a bunch of different, it has a wizard that, that it opens up with. And it gives you a bunch of different options um, of what you can do. Like there's write image file to disc. We'll get to that. Uh, create image file from disc, verify disc discovery, etc. I mean, it has a bunch of different options. The one you're interested in is called create image file from files slash folders. Okay. And so you'll click on that and then you'll see at the top, it's going to say source and to the right of source on the top left to the right of that, there is a little search, you know, magnifying glass, right? With a folder. And you're going to click on that. And then you're going to go to that folder that you named the same name as the game, right? Racer revenge. You'll click on racer revenge and just uh, click select folder. It'll open up. Okay. At that source. Then you're going on the right hand side. It's going to say labels. This is real. This is a very important step. It seems small. It's crucial. You'll see volume label. Okay. So you click on the tab that says labels. You see volume label. It says ISO nine, six, six, zero. Just put in the name of the game. And then underneath that, there's another field that's titled UDF. ISO 9660 and UDF have to be the same name. I just name it the name of the game, but they've got to be exactly the same. All right. Then you're going to go back to the left side of, uh, of the window. 
you'll see, or the software, you'll see it says destination. You're going to see another little magnifying glass over a folder. You click on that save. This is, this is where you're going to create the disc image. Okay. The new ROM that is, was originally, you know, CD based. Now it's going to be DVD based. Uh, you'll click on that, save it wherever you want to. That's just the destination folder where you want it to end up. Okay. And it really doesn't matter where you save that as long as you know where you did. It'll ask you a question. Do you want to select this folder? You click yes. Then it'll say, okay, we're going to do this, you know, click okay or cancel. You click okay. In seconds, image burn creates the disc image. Okay. Your new DVD based ROM. Then once that's done, okay, you can close image burn if you want. Then you're going to want to open up ESR patcher like we did with single layer games, right? Open up ESR patcher. You're going to do the same thing. Click on the ellipses, find that new disc image you made. Okay. For like racer revenge, click patch exit, get out of ESR patcher. And now you're going to burn the game. I recommend that you use now using image burn to burn the discs, the physical discs image burn is really essential for making copies of PlayStation one games, which we're going to talk about. In my opinion, you know, you or in my experience, I should say you could use just about any burning software to make a PS two game, but since you're using image burner and to get used to it anyway, go ahead and use it to burn, you know, to, to burn your, your new DVD based, what was originally CD based PlayStation two game. Um, very simple. You open up image burn and you know, you can open it up again and write it right on the side. It just says write image file to disc. You're going to click on that. And you know, there's at the top, you'll see source again, the magnifying glass over the folder. You click on that. You choose your image, which has been ESR patched now. Right. And speed is, doesn't really matter. Uh, like it doesn't matter if you burn it four X or eight X and eight X is usually where deep single layer DVDs top out. Uh, I mean, I guess some do 16 X, but whatever the, the, the set speeds that image burn already has are fine. Um, burning at eight X you're good. You know, if you want to get particular, you can get particular, uh, but that, then it'll turn out fine. Um, and then image burn will finish up, eject your disc, pop it in, do it just like you did before. Pop it into your PlayStation two, right? Go to ESR in the PlayStation two menu. And what was once a CD based game that you could never figure out how to fucking play or get to work now works. Folks, believe me, I've tried everything. You cannot, because there's plenty of software, Power ISO and so on, that will take a dot bin and a dot Q and you can convert them to an ISO file. And then you could arguably, you know, you could go through a whole process of like, even in Power ISO, you can make it say, okay, uh, make this UDF compatible, right? For a DVD. You could even put in the dummy file, you know, if you, but it doesn't work. This is the process you have to go through. It is not as easy as just renaming files or converting an image or anything like that. It doesn't work. The process I just described, and it took me years to finally figure out what the fuck it was. Satan bless the man that made that video. I mean, this, this information is not readily available. It's the whole reason I'm, I'm doing this episode. Okay. That's the process you have to go through to get 
again, CD-based PlayStation 2 games to work. Okay? So there, you've got, you've got that, uh, and away you go. Now, dual-layer games, okay, uh, and there are some easy ones to think of. Rogue Galaxy, which is an RPG that everybody should have played in their life. It's brilliant. I, I said this before, I don't know why this does not get held up along with the Final Fantasies and so on. Um, there, there are other dual layer games. Uh, Gran Turismo four is a dual layer, which is one of the best games for the PlayStation two is, uh, is a dual layer game. Okay. So you're going to use your dual layer disc. There is a trick that you have to go through to make this work. All right. It is wholly different from what we just described to make a CD based, uh, game work. What you're going to need to do, you need a different piece of software. Again, I've included it for you. Okay. There's another thing we're going to talk about when it gets into PAL games. I'll talk about that in a second, but let's talk about dual layer games. You, what you need to do is, is that you will get the, you'll download the game. Let's say rogue galaxy from Vims or cool ROM. You'll download it. Okay. You'll unzip it. You have an ISO file. Do not just burn the ISO file. Do not just patch it with ESR. You're going to pass patch it with ESR, but not yet. First thing you need to do is there's software. It's called toxic DL or full name is toxics dual layer patcher. It's just an XE. You don't have to really install it. Okay. You, you open that up. It's kind of similar to how you use ESR patcher. You got the ellipses on the right hand side. You click on that, go to the, you know, disc image for rogue galaxy. Just click on it, click open. And then there's a, there's a button that says, go click on go in seemingly less than a second, it's done. What this is doing, what toxic DL is doing is it is with a burned game. It doesn't know with a burned dual layer game, when it goes to the second layer, that's why it's called dual layer. It doesn't know when to on ramp to the next layer. Toxic DL tell gives, gives the image, the disc image, the proper information to burn onto a burnable dual layer DVD. And so this is, if, if you don't do this, it's not nine times out of 10, it's not going to work. I don't think it actually, I don't think it'll ever work. Okay. These are the differences between professionally pressed discs and burn discs that you do at home. So run toxic DL. Okay. Again, it just takes a second. Then you're going to run ESR patcher, just like you do on every other game we've talked about here for the PlayStation two, specifically PlayStation two, not PS one run ESR patcher, patch it, and then burn the game onto your dual layer disc and it will work. All right. Um, as long as the image is right that you downloaded from the internet. Anyway, I've run into one like uh, midnight club three dub remix edition, no matter what site I download that from, it never works. Uh, and it's a shame because that's like a kind of a rare game that's expensive. So, but a great game. One day I'll get my hands on it somehow. So I don't know if it's the process that fails it or if the, you know, the internet, just all these sites have a bad disc image. I'm not sure. But regardless, you know, there are games, there are dual layer games that you might run into trouble with. But this is the process for the ones that will work. This is the process that you have to go through to make it happen. You don't have to do ISO buster. You don't have to do a DVD scan or any of that shit. You don't have to do any of that. All right. It's already an ISO file. You're all set to go. 
You just got to run toxic DL, then ESR patcher, and it'll work. So that's how you play all of the PlayStation two games. Okay. Again, it's all done through ESR. You know, you run the ESR patcher and then you run ESR off of the free McBoot memory card in the PlayStation two menu and you're golden. Okay. Um, older versions of free McBoot used to have a menu come up depending upon how you program free McBoot, but a menu would come up as soon as it recognized an ESR disc and you could choose what you want to do with it. And if you just want to play it, you know, you play it. And then all the, again, the multicolor shows up and that's ESR getting past, uh, you know, the, the piracy protection <laughs> in, <laughs> in the PlayStation two, and then you're done now playing PlayStation one games, burning PlayStation one games, making copies of them, or, you know, or, you're making physical discs of them is easy. There's no ESR patching. There's no patching to be done. You open up image burn and you burn the image, you burn the doc Q and it are, it extracts everything from the bin file. You're done. It's, it's that simple. Okay. There, there is no, there is no complex process to burning a PS one game at all. However, there is a somewhat, a little bit of a complex process to, playing and to loading a PlayStation one game on a free McBoot modded PlayStation two. So when you're buying your, uh, you know, your free McBoot preloaded memory PlayStation two memory card, when you're buying that, you want to make sure it has PSX launcher on it. And what that is, is that it is what allows the PlayStation two's native ability to run PlayStation one games. And it basically, I mean, it's still emulation, but it, it allows PlayStation one games to be played on the PS two or on the, on the modded soft modded PS two. The, the trick here is that you have to have at least one, uh, official PlayStation one disc. Okay. For example, I have star Trek invasion and colony wars three that are official discs because what you'll want to do is so, so burn the disc, burn it onto a CD. You're done. Okay. That's it's that easy, right? There, there's no complexity around that. Not like with the PlayStation two games, you will have to, again, trick the PlayStation two, like we talked about earlier to think that the disc drive is closed, but it's actually open. Put in your official PlayStation one game, whatever that happens to be by anyone. It doesn't matter. Uh, Put that in power on the PlayStation two and with newer versions of free McBoot, it will, it'll go to the browser on the PlayStation two, right? Hit circle, go down to PSX launcher. Okay. In, in the PlayStation two menu. And then it's going to come up with what looks like a DOS screen. And it'll say, wait for the disc to stop spinning and then put in your, uh, your PlayStation one game copy. So whatever game you just burned, you're going to now, once the disc, once the official disc stops spinning, take that out, then put in the, uh, the copy that you made or the, the burned copy of a PlayStation one game. Then you just press X and most PlayStation one games will instantly boot up. Keep in mind Okay. Now, just like with the PlayStation two, there's probably 1% of games that this won't work for. There's a reason I own a copy of star Trek invasion. There's a reason I own a copy of, um, 
you know, of, of Colony Wars 3 because I couldn't get the burn copies to work with those. Okay. Another thing to keep in mind. So while some games just don't work, most do, especially a lot of the rare ones like Fear Effect, Fear Effect 2, I mean, go down the list. Okay. Keep in mind that you need to save games. You need a PlayStation 1 memory card. Okay. So you're going to want to buy one of those too. The PlayStation 1 memory card, and really for the PlayStation 2 as well, for all of that to work right, it needs to be in the, in slot one. Free McBoot used to have the problem, and I think this has basically changed now. Free McBoot used to have the problem where it needed to be in the slot, memory card slot that it was programmed in. So if you programmed it in memory, if you, you know, installed Free McBoot in slot one, it needed to be in slot one from that point forward. Now I think it's slot agnostic. Okay. Uh, newer versions are as far as I've tested. So you want your free McBoot uh, memory card in slot two. Okay. Then, then you can have the PlayStation one memory card or the PlayStation two memory card, where you're going to put your save games in slot one. Very, very important step there. You got to understand that, that you need to have a PlayStation one memory card, uh, you know, to be able to take full advantage and save games from PlayStation one games. Um, again, you know, I'll, I'll have a separate video linked in the show notes that shows you how to go through the process of tricking the sensors and whatever else to get your PlayStation two, to think that the, the optical drive is closed so that this whole PlayStation one trick can work. There are, you know, you can get action replay discs that can kind of simplify some of this process, but a lot of it really all still works the same. And again, the advantages that you get with free McBoot and the, just the multitude of options that it allows for, it's really the way you want to go to be able to play burned copies of PlayStation one and PlayStation two games. And I think it's a very worthwhile thing to do because again, the PlayStation one library is so impressive. And as I stated earlier, I think it's better than the PlayStation two library. Now, of course you can make an easy argument there that, well, for 60 bucks, I can buy a hard modded, not soft modded, like with Freeman boot. I could buy a hard modded PlayStation one, you know, on eBay. Why don't I just do that? And cause it's so easy to burn the discs and everything. That's a totally valid option if you want to go that route. Or, you know, like I said, even the PS Vita, you know, you can go through a much simpler process and then you're not even burning discs. You're just slapping disc images onto a, you know, micro SD card. Those are great options if you're only wanting to do PlayStation 1. But if you want both PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1, and I think there's a good argument to make for that because there's a lot of games that were direct sequels to PlayStation 1 classics that were on the PlayStation two. So like to, to play a complete story as it were, um, you really want access to both. You know, you want PlayStation one and PlayStation two and to do that cost effectively is the way that I'm describing here, have a soft modded, you know, with free McBoot PS two. Um, but the other advantage here is that this allows you to play region. What were previously region locked games. It also lets you play, and you can download these uh, disc images of games or, you know, ROMs that have been custom patched to where they have English translations of originally games that never, you know, were released in North America. Uh, for example, Police Knots is a very popular one for the PlayStation 1, and it is a tremendous game. Very much worth your time. Uh, there, there have been, you know, fans who, in, you know, who basically patched 
the, you know, the Japanese game with an English translation that they did themselves. And now you can play it more or less natively with an English uh, translation. Um, the fr- there's a lot of the front mission games that you can do this with as well. Uh, in fact, actually, and this is really cool. One of my favorite games of all time, Dragon Quest V, uh, Hand of the Heavenly Bride. That was released, uh, you know, like a 3D version of that was released on the PlayStation 2 in Japan. Now, that game has eventually come to North America, but it was on the Nintendo DS and it wasn't the, you know, full on 3D version like was released for the PlayStation 2. You can get that. In fact, a lot of Japanese games even uh, have the option for, you know, for English uh, subtitles and whatever else stock, like just in, it's not something fans had to do. It's already there. You just have to turn it on. And, you know, with, with free McBoot, you get access to all of this. And there, I mean, there are just so many fucking games or even there's, uh, there's fan translations of Castlevania symphony of the night that are far superior to what we ended up getting, you know, in, in America, uh, in the nineties that, that are, you know, clearer translations and allow for, well, more mature content and so on. Uh, you get access to that. I mean, there, there are, there's what Gradius Gaiden. Uh, I mean, there's just, there are so many games that never saw an American release that now you have access to that came out on the PlayStation one and the PlayStation two. And a lot of them, uh, was like front mission. What was it? Front mission five for the PlayStation two. I think that didn't get released here was the scars of war. You can get that with a complete English translation that was never available before. And this is the only way that you can play that. Why wouldn't you do this? And, you know, I know a lot of people are probably also saying, well, shit, if I have a powerful enough computer, I can just run it on an emulator on a computer. Yep. That's an option. You're right. That, that is absolutely an option for you. But part of the appeal to this is having the original hardware. I could, I could start waxing pretty poetic, you know, uh, and it's not a nostalgia trip. It's a functionality trip. Okay. Like I want, I find myself lately over the past few years, you know, and when you do a tech show for a decade or for almost a decade, I mean, you know, you, you grow with this stuff. And you come to conclusions as you keep putting things together. I find myself now wanting to separate as much as I can and do less and less and less on a computer. If I can help it get away from the internet box. Okay. I want to separate things from it. I mean, yes, it's amazing. Everything that we often talk about on sovereign tech everything that we're talking about here, a lot of stuff. Yep. You could just run right on your computer. Boom. And away you go and you're done. Great. Awesome. You know, you hook up a a PlayStation two controller with the USB adapter and yeehaw. Right. But that doesn't hold the same appeal to me. Also, I mean, you get into hundreds of games for PlayStation one and PlayStation two, you're going to need a pretty big fucking hard drive (laughs) to, to make that happen. I mean, putting the stuff on disc is, is a very practical measure in and of itself. Yes, it takes a Windows machine or virtual machine to ultimately make all of this happen. Okay. I mean, understand like with free McBoot, you don't need the later versions of free McBoot. It's really not going to do that much more for you 
fact, later versions of free McBoot are getting away from functionality for the physical disks. Really, people still develop free McBoot because they want to make the USB and LAN options stronger. Okay. Um, so, so keep, keep that in mind, you know, that, 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 that's what that's about. I, I had, I think it was running version 1.54 for years. And actually there's nothing wrong with that, with the memory card that has free McBoot version 1.54 on it. Okay. I just wanted, there's varying reasons why I got an updated one and, you know, but I, I didn't necessarily need that point being is that it, it this is rock solid software that you don't have to worry about like buying a new version or installing a new version all the time, blah, blah, blah. And you can go through the process of installing it yourself. I mean, the instructions are out there on how to do that and more power to you seriously, you know, for doing it. Um, but yes, I understand that you need a computer to really make this work, but here's the thing is that you can have for very little money. You can have, Every great, every worthwhile, how about I put it that way? Every worthwhile PlayStation one game and PlayStation two game in your library. And the beauty is, is that they're not games that, that are getting constant patches and updates and all this other stuff. They are done. You can own them, have them sitting in a, a, you know, a binder ready to play whenever you want to play. I mean, shit. And, and, And especially with the PlayStation two, that system really, I know they had some of them on PlayStation one and some others, but really the PlayStation two was a system where the idea of, of releasing compilation discs that have, you know, 10, 20 games on them, classic games or arcade games or whatever that really picked up and more or less started on the PlayStation two. Yeah. It was on PC too. I know, but the PlayStation two made it viable right now. It's so fucking viable that, they sell them individually for eight bucks a pop as to where, you know, 20 years ago, you could spend 20 bucks on, on, a you know, one disc that'll have a collection of like 20 games on it. You know, it's a very different world today. Uh, but I mean, so you get access to those, like the, the midway arcade treasures series. There's, there's three volumes to it, three discs. You get, you know, you get uh, San Francisco rush, 2049 hydro thunder. I mean, all the mortal Kombat games. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. This is a system worth owning and it's worth, I think it's worth owning and implementing in a way that is not reliant upon your PC or the internet. I think that's worthwhile. And I think when you go through it and when you finally have your library burned, all the complexities of that is done and it's done and you have every fuck hell you could have every game. Not just the ones worthwhile, you could end up burning every game. I mean, it'll, it'll cost you a little bit, but you know, certainly let probably less than a thousand dollars. And when now all that's done and you just you're ready to play it and rock it, you know, whenever you want, the simplicity of that process, I think you're gonna find yourself really enjoying. And it's not nostalgia, it's the absolute simplicity and the fact that you don't have to worry about anybody really taking it away from you. Or you're not worried about, oh, do I have the latest update? Oh, does this, you know, uh, whatever. You know, all the, 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 the quandaries and problems of modern gaming, and there are a legion of those, just aren't there. 
And I think you really appreciate the, you know, the simplicity that comes along with that gaming simplicity though, that offers, uh, you know, modern gaming and a lot of the modern sensibilities of, you know, triple a games that we understand them today. So it's a real treat. I, I may do future specials that will do a, a top eight of PlayStation one games, even though that's boy, that's tough. <laughs> We'd have to do like top eight series of games. You know, I, I don't know if we could do like an actual top eight of games. I'll tell you the best game, in my opinion, for the PlayStation one, if you want, you know, if you want to hear that, I could certainly give you my best games for each system or like the reasons that I wanted these systems in the first place. Uh, for the PlayStation one, it's actually SmackDown two. And I mean, yes, the wrestling game, that game is brilliant between that and arc. The lad are the reasons that I'd want a PlayStation one. There's plenty of other reasons to want it. Colony wars. Um, I mean, basically everything that Cygnosis developed, you know, wipe out, uh, G police. Fuck. There's so, there's so many games. Um, was it Nova? Was it Nova star? Eh, whatever. Anyway, plenty of those. Okay. Um, future cop LAPD. I don't even know if that's available on the PlayStation network and yeah, it's cops, but you've got to see this game to believe it. Uh, soul blade. Are you kidding? <laughs> exactly. We opened this baby up with that action. Uh, you know, with the music from that, I mean, so there's that, you know, and then with the PlayStation two, uh, I mean, racer revenge inspired this, you know, so much. Um, there's the arc lad games for PlayStation two. There's rogue galaxy. There's, so many games available for the PlayStation two. Um, you know, I, I didn't mention this. There is a third way to go about this. There are people on eBay and Etsy even who sell, um, replica copies of a lot of these games. And if there are games that you just can't seem to, you know, you can't burn right or whatever, sometimes you can find it through those sellers. Um, and they, they do like, you know, replica cases and they make the disc pretty and everything. I mean, it, it, it's, it's really an amazing thing. It's one of the reasons that I knew it was possible to, you know, to, to go through the, 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 the very complex process that we described of how do you get a CD based PS2 game to work on free McBoot? I knew it could be done because they were doing it. And I even asked them, Hey, how are you doing this? And they would never tell me. So that's part of the reason, again, that ultimately is why I wanted to do the show is how to explain to you how to make physical discs of PS2 games, you know, and PS1. I mean, we, we kind of ran a gamut here, um, you know, of what, what does that process look like? How do you make it happen? How do you get a good complete library of at the very least the games that are worthwhile for PlayStation two and PlayStation one, uh, and even a bit beyond that, by the way, I mentioned Okay, how difficult it is to get an official PlayStation 2 controller. PlayStation 2 controllers, obviously backwards compatible with PlayStation 1 games are basically the same. Um, you know, what what are your options as far as that goes? And they just updated this to a in even a, a new revision of their controller. Hyperkin, which is a company that I just love. They make the Duke controller and so on. Uh, and the X91, which is a great controller. Hyperkin has a PlayStation 2 replica controller called the Brave Warrior. This is the best PlayStation 2 controller 
readily available, readily available, keyword, key term on the market. Grab those. Okay. That's, that's what you want, you know, to, to, to actually take advantage of all these PS one and all these PS two games. So anyway, this is getting on the order of almost two hours and it's getting very late at night. So I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, enjoy. It is my pleasure and honor to provide this info to you because I wanted it in the world and to have all of the software available to you in one place, please feel free either in the telegram group or wherever to share your feedback. Uh, or if you have any other questions around this, I, you know, I'm happy to answer them. Uh, but I am having an incredible time, uh, with the game library for PS one and PS two, uh, that I have, you know, ready access to. And uh, I mean, there've been a few times where either the internet was slow or even, you know, frankly, it was out, uh, on ice planet zero here in New Hampshire. And, uh, I didn't very much care <laughs> because my games, boop, no problem. They loaded up, you know, right in the PS two and, and away you go. And I, I basically have every game that I want. It, it adds up being to a few hundred and there's, I don't think I could even play all of these in my lifetime, but there is a joy even in the having knowing that you have access to them and not just in the having, but in the preservation of them. And that's one of the biggest keys here. Preservation. You get to actively engage in the act of preserving art. And that's what these games are. So we'll end it off with that. I will see all of you on the other side.